0: Hello and welcome to Bothering Strangers 30 Minutes Max Edition with Max Hearing. I'm Max Hearing and today my guest is an influencer, a sports reporter, a podcast host, and possibly just the most Midwestern person uh, that I've ever met. My guest today is Taylor Mathis. Taylor, how are you doing?
1: Good. Thank you for having me on. I'm super excited.
0: Of course. I, I, I I just didn't expect your accent to be this heavy.
1: Yeah, we were talking about this before. I'm not from Chicago. I'm from a small town in Illinois called Sandwich. But I do have a very thick accent that I'm assuming just came came from my parents. I'm not really sure, but we're all from the Midwest and I live in Arizona now, but I, I still carry my thick accent with me.
0: I think you have to train yourself out of it if you if you don't want it.
1: I like my Midwest but if you accent. Like it, then keep I didn't it. even notice that I have it, so I'm gonna keep it. Some people think it's cute, other people absolutely hate it. I've got yeah. both sides of the spectrum. Yeah. I personally I think it makes me. me. Everybody knows that I'm from Illinois when they meet me out here in Arizona, which I like. So I don't think I wanna get rid of it.
0: I think for many people, like when I went to college with many people from the mid from like mainly Chicago and the suburbs, like they didn't like it. Really? I, I, I don't think they liked it as a because it, it was a tell for and I don't think they liked that, but I also- See, do- I
1: like that it's a tell because out here, um, being in Arizona, it's so different. Like people immediately know I'm not like originally from oh, here, yeah. which I like. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not from here. I'm from Illinois. And they're like, oh my gosh, I can hear in your voice. So I don't mind it.
0: You're like, I don't, I've never heard someone speak positively of it. <laughs> I've, I've heard like very like neutral opinions. One of my friends from Minnesota, which is like similar but different. Like he yeah. literally he literally trained himself out of an accent. Wow. All right. So he sound he sounds like he has this, he has like this like a coastal accent and he just didn't like it.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Interesting.
0: Yeah, it's it's because people on the coast sometimes just talk badly about it and some yeah. of the westerners have just had enough of it.
1: <sighs> I mean, hey, to each their own, I guess.
0: Something, something like that. <sighs> Uh, so, you do you do a lot of things. Uh, I do. You're like a jack of all trades. A lot of, of different trades. things. So, um, you, you, you're, uh, you work for Playmakers. Yes. Sports reporting is like your full-time gig.
1: I don't even know what I would consider my full-time Ooh. gig anymore, to be honest with you. I'm a very all over the place in a good way, though. Um, when COVID hit, I actually, my full, full-time gig, like my salaried gig... I was doing marketing for a law firm out here in Scottsdale. I was the marketing director, ran um, their marketing. And then I also was working for a wealth advisor too, doing that. And then I was sidelining on the side. Um, When COVID hit, I was one of the first people to get laid off. And I was kind of panicking because I was like, oh my gosh, this is how I get my benefits, my salary. Like this is how I do that. And then everything else is just supplemental income and things I do on the side. Um, But now with COVID hitting, I really use that as an opportunity to get really more into the things that I'm passionate about, which was hosting my sports podcast, putting more time into YouTube and doing my own sports related shows and then doing a bunch of other sports related reporting work for different companies, as well as I do so much stuff with influencing now through social media, too, which was not something that I I had like dipped my toe into it, but I hadn't full blast really gotten involved with different brands and stuff like that. Now, like I have, so I feel like I'm, I, I do a lot. Every day is different for me based on what my schedule's like and what I have to do.
0: It just sounds like you're very busy.
1: Well, yes and no, but I still have a, plenty of time to be with my friends, do things I like, go to the gym, all that kind of stuff. So
0: so uh, how did you, so when did you start influencing?
1: Um, so my Instagram really, it was very random, took off uh, after I graduated from Iowa. Um, my second sports reporting job was for a television station doing sports in Nebraska. And when I moved to Nebraska, uh, I was making barely anything, working full time, doing TV reporting. And I knew I kind of had to, you know, grind, get my foot in the door in the industry, that type of thing before I'd be able to move up. So I was working in Nebraska and I happened to be the only female in the entire state that was covering sports. And I was a tiny, like a little blonde girl. And I kind of stuck out like a sore thumb compared to all like the older dudes that had been in the Nebraska sports world for so long. And it really started building my following on its own from that. I started getting a lot of Instagram followers just based on that sole fact. So I was, my Instagram handle is shy sports chick. I started becoming, being known as the sports chick girl. Um, So that's really how my Instagram started. So it was really just by accident. And then over time, it's just really built up based on, you know, working with different brands, uh, you know, being guests on different podcasts, you know, being in the TV world now for four years, my following has really just naturally pretty much grown on its own. So that's kind of how I got into influencing. It wasn't really something I was like striving to do or trying to do. It just like fell into my lap and kind of happened on its own. So,
0: and what are your thoughts on influencing positive, negative?
1: Um, there are positives and negatives. Definitely. I would say positives. Who doesn't like free stuff? You get a lot of free stuff sent free to you. Stuff. Yep. Um, and it can be very lucrative based on how many followers you have and stuff like that. I guess I can say, I, I think I can say this. I charge about $2,000 for a post on my feed
0: no, um, and I'm you. at about
1: a quarter million followers. So one picture can make me about two grand in a day. Like that's It can be very lucrative. Um, Yeah. And I would say I'm on the lower end of what I charge compared to a lot of other influencers that are at my same level. I know influencers that charge way more than that. Um, So you can definitely make a lot of money. um, So that's a positive. You know, the free stuff is cool, I guess. Also, being able to have a platform to talk to people, speak to people about the things that you're interested in, like me, sports and clothes, fashion is another big thing for me talking about, um, things that I like and having a broader audience, I can also get advice so much easier. Like if I put something out there, like, Hey, when I was looking to buy my house, I need a realtor in Scottsdale. I got like a million messages of of people giving me advice. Um, and it's just kind of a way, a network to be able to put yourself out there. But that also comes with the positive, like I said, but then there's also negatives because, Some of the negatives I would say are the bullying, the negative comments you get. I get people commenting on my looks 24-7, some positives, some others not nice, negatives, of course. Um, And people just not being friendly. They don't like your point of view. They don't like your opinion. You're going to get a lot of bullying, a lot of hate and criticism, but it's just something that if you're going to be in this world, you have to learn to have a thick skin and kind of just roll it off your back and move on to a new day. I think working in TV really helped me with that too, because I was already used to that from being on air and having people criticize me daily, watching me on TV, whether it's my voice or my outfit or what my makeup looks like, all that kind of stuff. Um, at first I used to take it really personally. I would cry. I'd call my mom and be like, this viewer said this about me. Like, and I kind of just learned eventually, like, their opinion really doesn't matter. Only my opinion and my loved one's op- opinions really matter to me. So just, you got to grow a thick skin and deal with it.
0: Um, okay. So the 2K thing, for first, first of all, I, I, there's a lot of talk about there, but $2,000 for a, a sponsored post on Instagram?
1: Yes. I would say that's about my average of what I charge for a post on my feed.
0: And how many are you, do you think you do a year? a month i don't know something just something that's more reasonable for you
1: it depends i would say off just instagram i make quite a bit of money off youtube too um just instagram gosh maybe eight thousand dollars a month around there i would say probably yeah I, i get it Um, you have to definitely hit the threshold though, with your follower count and your engagement and stuff like that, but yeah, engagement's huge. Yeah.
0: So what, so what's your engagement looking like? I mean, it's good, obviously, but
1: so I'm at about, uh, I think I'm at, um, 225,000 followers where I'm at on Instagram. I have um, twenty-three thousand subscribers on YouTube, and then I've got about fifty thousand followers on TikTok. So those are kind of, I have a large base altogether when I put those together, of close to you know three hundred plus thousand people. Um, so my my following's good. My engagement on Instagram, I average about like ten thousand to fifteen thousand likes on a post. Um. I don't know. It comments vary kind of depending on what the post is and stuff like that. So I I would say I'm doing pretty good. My YouTube's got, I got a couple videos that have hit over a million views on them.
0: Yeah. Um, I saw that.
1: Yeah. So, uh, just naturally, um, I also though I think it helps that I have a marketing background with me as well, because I'm very good with SEO and knowing how to market Ah, myself And my products that I put out to do well, um, as where a lot of other people, you know, just put out content and they're like, but it's a good picture. It's a good video. So it should just get views. That's not how it
0: works. No, no. You have to
1: put a lot more work into it than just that to get different social media platforms to push your content based on their algorithms. So there's a lot more work that goes into it than people realize.
0: I've always heard for TV journalism that, that you can't have an accent, that you need to have just like what we consider like an American accent. Is that no, true?
1: I don't think so at all. Um, for me, I, I guess I've mainly worked in the Midwest, but then here in Arizona. And then I also worked for a company in Dallas for a while too, doing reporting. Um, and I've never had a problem with it really at all.
0: Maybe it's, maybe so- it's just an old school thing.
1: I think it is more of an old school thing. Um, I also think I definitely have a different broadcasting voice than when I'm just talking to you. So yes, that yes, could be a little bit different as well. But for the most part, I've never really had any pushback on my accent. I have one agent at one point that I had telling me like, maybe I should take lessons to try to get rid of it. But I was kind of like, I don't really want to. So he didn't have too much. Pushback. When you're a female, you somewhat have an a up in the industry, but also a negative too. Um, being a girl that's involved in sports, there's a lot. There's it's few and far between compared to men that are trying to make yeah. it in the industry.
0: Yeah.
1: So that helps, but at the same time, you're going to face a lot more criticism because people are going to assume you don't know anything. So you've got to be really on top of yourself, um, as well as you have to deal with a lot more criticism about your looks and stuff that men yes. do not get. Um, uh, okay. and fem- women are going to get that a lot more being in the industry.
0: So that was my next question. Um, s- since you're like very public, cause like, you know, 225,000 Instagram followers, YouTube, just you've, 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 a exposed brand of Taylor mm-hmm. Mathis. Do you get comments or maybe people in real life? I don't know how much you're interacting now. <laughs> um, Of people just being like, "Oh no, like she can't, she she doesn't, she just got the job because she's pretty." Like you, you get that?
1: Oh, yes, definitely. Um, I would say not as much now, just because I've been doing it for a little bit longer. When I first started my first TV station that I worked at, even the the female coworkers that I had, Mm -hmm. they were all on the news side. They were not nice to me.
0: Doesn't it? Doesn't most of it come from them?
1: yeah they were very mean they just all pretty much they are i knew that they were all i was so eventually i did become friends with them too because they Good. kind of realized like oh she's nice blah 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 but when i first came in they were not very friendly to me they just assumed that i got it because they thought i was cute and young and that was it but um i definitely know what i'm talking about it's what i went to school for and I have been a sports fanatic, specifically baseball, since I was about six. So uh, I it's something that, you know, it's like when people wake up and, you know, read about politics every day or the stock George. market, I wake up and I read about sports every day. So it's just something you got to stay up to date with. And if it's an industry you want to break into, especially as a girl, you just really got to be on top of your stuff. A lot of jobs even quiz you like yeah, on I've relevant heard topics and being able to write a sports story and things like that
0: it's just a, it's a very hard industry to it is. break into. It <laughs> is.
1: It is. Take, any have one of my pieces of advice. Um, I actually did a YouTube video out video on this, like five tips to get into sports broadcasting. Um, I would say a huge one is to take any opportunity that pretty much comes at you being a girl. It's a little more difficult because sometimes you get guys that are like, I'm trying to start, like, I'll get a lot of emails of like, guys that are like, I'm trying to like, I'm not gonna lie. Like people will be like, come on my podcast or come or start doing video for my sports network that I'm starting or blah, blah, blah. You have to be careful about who's legitimate and who is just being a creep type of thing. Um, that's why like your email was very like professional and like put out there. Well, so I was like, okay, like this, yes. And I also like you explained what your podcast is. I looked at it like, more in depth. A lot of people will just message you and be like, do this. like, And some people will jump at the opportunity because they're like, oh, more exposure for me. Great. You got to be careful, especially as a female. Um, But I would say take any t- opportunity that pretty much arises and also create your own opportunities. That's been a big thing for me. I'm like, I'm going to start my own sports show on YouTube. I'm going to start my own podcast. Like, I'm going to, you know, dive into the world. If I'm not getting opportunities from other bigger companies, I'm going to make opportunities for myself in this area and make a name for myself on my own, which has definitely helped me. It's been extremely lucrative as well as it's really helped get exposure for my name out there too.
0: Um, thank you. That's <laughs> always good to know I'm, I'm being professional. So, I mean, I, I went up I, before before like when I was doing research for this interview I, I was like I don't know how these two work together because it's kind of like I feel like influencing is like a look down upon industry really often oftentimes not always but like I feel like oftentimes like felt like your type of influence influence, like fashion influence on call is, is sometimes like looked down upon
1: i could see that to an extent sometimes i think more and more as people are getting into this world it's not as looked down i feel like more and more people are doing it all the time so it's not as i guess looked down upon as it was before um i think that for me like I would be stupid not to take the opportunity to do both things while I can. Um, So I'm just like any opportunity that comes my way, if it fits my brand though, I will do it, but I'm not going to just take any old opportunity just to make money type of thing. Uh, It really has to be something that I feel like I believe in. It's going to fit like my podcast podcast it's a sports podcast along with we talk to athletes about their dating lives. <clears throat> so,
0: Oh wow. That's, that's really Yeah. Smart.
1: Yeah. It's fun. Um, it's been, it started out as more of like a hobby. Like I said, I was like, you know, I'm not making any money off of this, but I really want to do this. I want to do a sports podcast. Uh, it's grown. We've got three to four sponsors at all times. Now I make great money off my podcast. It, it's also so fun to do. So like, But all of our sponsors for that podcast correlate to our brand of sports. Like we have a sports betting app is our, one of our current sponsors Um, and then Manscaped. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Oh no.
0: I I, I see their ads all the time.
1: Manscaped is our other, that's our biggest sponsor actually. So it really is geared towards the people that are listening. We're not just going to take, we've had tons of other offers from other companies, but it doesn't really mesh with our, brand and with sports and most of our listeners, because it's sports related, are men. If it doesn't go with that, we're like, there's no point in pushing it. Eventually they're going to cut a, they're going to want to cut the contract anyway, because they won't see as much of a return. So um, yeah, it, I think just, you have to make a name for yourself in your own way. And that's kind of what I've done. I correlate the fact that I know that some guys find me cute and I'm going to use that to my advantage and I can also talk sports so why not why not use it and make it work
0: it's brilliant it's because because <laughs> like it, it's just it's like awareness levels like up here you know it's 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 awareness level 100
1: yeah <laughs> I so <had> try. <laughs> just,
0: no it's it, because it's like what am I even saying right now um it's just, I, I think it's just, it's so smart to be like, this is who I am and I'm going to use it to my advantage. Like, yeah, if I could do that, I would do it.
1: I think also for me, I was very uh, nerdy in high school growing up and that's also really helped me um, because, so I was like, I was valedictorian in high school. Wow. Super, yeah. Yeah super into school uh, i went to school on i went to college on an academic scholarship like i am very invested in my academics and i was always kind of like everybody says i have i've always kind of had like ugly duckling syndrome i hate you saying that but it's kind of true like i was very nerdy uh boys were not interested in me I just did my own thing. I focused on school. I focused on extracurriculars and that was it. And I knew once I graduated high school, I was going to move on and be out of my town and everything like that. And then when I got into college, I guess I kind of blossomed or whatever you want to use the word is for it. And that's kind of like helps me to my advantage because I think I'm very, I try to be at least on my social media platforms, really genuine and just like down to earth in myself as we're like a lot of other girls that are influencers won't talk with people that DM them or really acknowledge anybody else. And I'm definitely not like that. I try to answer everybody. If you have a legitimate question, you're not being a weirdo. I will respond. Like I try to do lives so people can get to know my personality. And I don't just only solely post like selfies of myself on my feed. Like there are pictures of me with my friends, my family, like, I try to show my life as it is, as a real person. I'm not just an influencer. So I think that's really helped my brand as well. Just trying to be like genuinely myself and it's, it's worked wonders. So. That's, that's
0: what they always say, right? They always say that you're just supposed to be yourself and then eventually something will shine through. Right. And yeah, I don't know. I guess people probably, people probably look at your account. I would feel like, and they're, they're going to think that like, it, it was like, it was quick. Um, it doesn't um, seem. Meaning
1: the growth of it. Yeah. It was relatively, I would say, I think my first year when I worked in Nebraska, I was at about 40,000 followers. Oh wow. Um. So it did kind of grow quick. And that's when I kind of started getting some companies that would like reach out to me and like, I don't know if you've ever heard of bro Bible, but they like wrote an article about social media sports girl and like stuff like that, um, which really grew my brand. And then I had like the chive reach out to me and mm. they also did an article on me, same type of thing. So they, like those also helped my, my numbers like exponentially yeah. grew when both of those articles came out. Then TFM did an article on me about being like the social media sports girl. So those all really helped grow my following like as well. Um, So then I would say, gosh, my following has really only been big for probably about three and a half, four years, maybe. Um, I would say after about two years, I probably like broke the 100 K mark. And then last year I grew a lot and I hit, I surpassed 200 K and then I've, probably so far this year in 2021, I gained about like 8,000 followers, not a whole lot so far. So it's, it, it kind of takes time. I wish it would even grow faster, but like, you know, it just, it is what it is. And I'm also like, I'm getting older. So I've got to start thinking about how much more longevity, I guess I have doing Uh, exactly what I do. Yeah. I mean, I know like there are people out there that like do it into their thirties and all that kind of stuff, but I think I definitely have to probably, I will always keep doing it, but I might have to kind of switch my focus a little bit. Like right now I do a lot of bathing suit stuff and things like that. And like, I don't know how much longer I'm really going to want to do that at 28 right now. Right. So I have to think about that as well. Um, I think that's why I've start really started the podcast, started my show on YouTube called Taylor Talks gearing more towards my sports side of things and pulling back more on that, those things, even though I get a lot of cool offers to do stuff like that too. I'm still going to continue it, but I think it's just something that I've kind of taken a little bit step back from in comparison to all the sports stuff I've been doing lately.
0: Do You ever feel uh, conflicted? Like, cause like when, like on your Instagram, you know, with sponsored ads, you know, you do like bikini companies, lingerie companies, Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that detracts from you being taken seriously in in the sports world?
1: I do. I think that sometimes it can distract from me being taken seriously um, as a reporter, but I also feel like I've created like my own niche in a way for myself. Um, Like I am a reporter and I do know my shit, but I I don't know if I could say shit on here. You can. I, yes,
0: it's, it's, it's a lot.
1: Uh, I do know my stuff, but I also think I lean on the sexier side than most reporters do. But I also have always said I never like people be like, what's your dream job in reporting? It would never be to work for ESPN or anything like that. That's not my dream. I don't want to be in a corporate setting like that. My dream job is something like barstool which is where I feel like I would fit perfectly. That is- that's,
0: that, that's pretty on brand.
1: That Yeah, that is me. That is like what I want to do. Like I want to be able to say what I want, talk about what I want, not have to have a filter all the time and worry about how people are viewing me or seeing me, things like that. So like, that's really more what aligns with me. And I've always said that. So I like that I kind of have a bit of an edgier side to me that's different than a lot of other reporters that are very cookie cutter which is great not nothing against that i just for myself don't really see that aligning with like me so that's just kind of more like where i lean
0: that's i I didn't expect that because obviously everyone looks to like you know in this in the sports or reporting us like espn or fox fox sports now uh I I feel like you're just from what you described to me. It seems like your audience is very broy.
1: Um, I don't know if I would say broy like fratty.
0: Well, just and, bros, not necessarily like fratty,
1: but just bro-y. um. Yes, I would say there are a lot of just people that are very, very sports-driven, a like, huge sports audience, like and. Uh, I would, my age range is like 25 to 35. So I guess like, yeah,
0: that's, that's, that, that, that's a good bro range, right?
1: There. Yeah. I would agree. So I guess you're right. Yeah. I would say it is pretty much like that.
0: I often find myself just being acting like a bro.
1: Yeah. It's not, it's,
0: <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's not, it's not a bad thing anymore.
1: <laughs> that's true.
0: It can be for some, but it's not a bad thing anymore. So I'm, I can't complain. Yeah. Um, I know I know we're we were running a little over here yes so I'll, I'll end it there then um, all right thank you so much for coming on I appreciate it
1: well thank you I had fun that was great
0: yeah I, try, I tried to approach it from a different side because I'm sure you're getting these requests more often
1: yeah I not. like this was a little different I normally just get people that are like let's talk sports the whole entire time so this is a different different side for sure
0: that's how I try to differentiate my own podcast. I just have to figure out how to market it better now.
1: Yeah. Love it. Well, if you ever need any help, let me know, email me out what, or email me or message me on Instagram, whatever. And I will help with anything you need.
0: Mm, you're going to regret that you said that. Cause now I'm going <laughs> to actually email no, you. That. I don't
1: mind at all. I help people. I have like a couple friends that are now starting up podcasts and I've been helping them. Yeah. Like I have a couple Instagram followers of mine that like, are avid listeners to my podcast, and they've asked me for help with the, like, ah, uh, yeah, whatever you need, let me know. I'm, yeah,
0: I Loved, love help. Love the engagement. Before you go, I know you said it a couple times throughout the podcast. Uh, where can we find you? Oh, uh, my place. Instagram
1: is shy sports chick, C H I sports chick. TikTok is Taylor Mathis ninety four. YouTube channel, you can just search Taylor Mathis YouTube on Google or Beauty and the Baseball is the name of my channel. And is that everything? Oh, my podcast, Apple and Podbean. And it's called Brunch and Ball. So check it out.
0: Is the podcast also on YouTube?
1: The podcast is also on YouTube too.
0: Okay. So that's where you can find Taylor all over the place. Building building a media empire.
1: Trying to. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Thank you for coming on.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you for letting me bother you. Uh, and follow Taylor and every place she said and follow Bothering Strangers on Instagram.